Introducing Diderio D-Bud Hearing Protection. From loading, to sound check, to the roar of the crowd. For the music you love, at every level. Chris Keys, four from your guitar. Today I'm at the historic Ryman Auditorium with the historic Diarrhea Planet. Hey! This is a shredder in chief, Jordan. Jordan, how you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Dude. You, big fan. You guys are a national institution of rock and roll, and we're, we're glad to be here to celebrate you guys not only doing like two shows, I don't want to say one off, but two shows. You're playing the Ryman tonight as a headliner. I got mm -hmm. to see you guys open for Isbell years ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, tomorrow you're playing the Bonnaroo, so yeah. The true Nashville treat. Tennessee, uh, you know, two shot there. Uh, you know. <laughs> Tennessee two star. Yeah. But we'll make this the tri star because yeah. this is another Tennessee treat for our friend Absolutely. Dave Johnson. Tell me all about number 73. Yeah, so this is number 73 uh, made from scale model guitars. Uh, it's Dave Johnson. He's uh, been our tech and DP for like, man, I don't even know. We, me and Dave were actually trying to figure out when we met each other the other day, and it's been so long we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I made this back in like 2015, uh, I think, or 14 or something. Uh, it is uh, number 73. That's where it gets its name, but it's yeah. a alder body uh, with a maple neck and ebony fretboard. It's obviously based on a uh, guitar. I won't say the name so we don't get sued or anything. It's a solid guitar. Uh, it's a solid guitar, yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, or as I like to refer to it as Satan's guitar. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, basically the idea behind this was it's a 61 Melody Maker neck that Dave traced and uh, we chose the maple so I could, if someone threw a bottle of beer or like a PBR at yeah. me because our shows are rowdy, I could baseball bat it right back at him without shattering the neck. And then but we why did, Alder? Uh, to interrupt you, but because so, yeah. I'm an asshole, but uh, why yeah. Alder? Because that's typically uh, not a SG, or I mean, sorry, solid guitar. Uh, yeah, Satan's Wood. guitar. Uh, Satan doesn't like Alder. Uh, <laughs> so to, it sounds too much like Alter, and it reminds me of church too much. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I chose Alder. The whole goal of the guitar was, um, we have a really active live show. And I started having some like weird back stuff going on, and so we wanted to make the guitar five pounds or less. At the time, we couldn't source any mahogany that was going to make that goal, yeah. and so we sourced some alder instead and went with that. And uh, and so this guitar does weigh, you know, less than uh, than five pounds. I can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it, as you can see. So uh, it rules. Yeah. <laughs> What else should we know about but a pickup? Yeah. Anything with hardware that's specific yeah. to requests you made for Dave? Um, so everything, every guitar I do gets Goto locking tuners. I really like the Goto stuff because it's really lightweight and pricing wise, dude, it's it's such a good deal for what you get. Yeah. Um, this is just, I don't even know what hardware this was. The pickup in this is an interesting one. It's a pickup made by Brian Porter for Nick Greer. It's a Greer wine Porter pickup and it's a humbucker that it kind of walks this weird middle ground between like a P90 and a PAF. I generally with Diarrhea Planet use PAFs instead of like hot output stuff because it has a little bit more of a bouncy rounder feel Yeah, um, and allows me to stack and have more gain stages than if I just do a hot one out the gate. And, uh, and so I really, I, I've for years kind of gone back and forth on it, but I've never found something that works as good with the wood. And so I kind of just, we were speaking earlier a little, but I kind yeah. of just accepted that this brings out something snappy and cool in this guitar. Yeah. It's what it sounds like. And so I made it work really well. Um, the obvious question for me or the next one would be yeah. switch on a one pickup guitar. Explain. Yeah, sure, man. Um, so this switch, uh, this idea came from a company called Framus uh, Guitars. My Amp Tech actually used to deal him here, and so he would, um, all the time when I'd be at his shop, I'd be looking at him, and Dave brought up the idea of, I only do single pickup guitars, of putting what's called a high octane switch in it, and essentially all this does is, so I have my like, you know, volume wide open most of the set, I rock my tone knob half closed, so it's on four or five typically, 
And sometimes like, you know, I might roll my volume even a little bit back to get a little cleaner tone. But if I need to like jet out in front of the mix really quick without having time to hit my knobs, if I flip this switch, it bypasses the tone and volume circuits and it hardwires this pickup directly to the jack. So it's like immediately you're back tone knob wide open volume wide open full throttle and you can rip and with it going straight to the jack it does have this little bit of like an extra like harmonic thing going on where to me it almost sounds like you have a, a treble booster on it a little bit or something mm. so it's 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 really really useful uh for having to do a switch where you can't roll both at the same time as quick as you need it so uh where'd you get the the tone roll off because i know that that typically is something you think of like woman tone or like a neck pickup, which yeah. you clearly don't have, but where did you get the idea to kind of ride that tone knob sure. so thick in terms of uh, a single pickup in the bridge? Um, so, so I got this from the band Celtic Frost. Uh, <laughs> um, Alec or Tom G. Warrior, or Tom Gabriel Fisher, is one of my favorite musicians ever, the front man of that. He's got another great band called Trypticon. And they put out this album in like 2006 called Monotheist that was like, it's like a game-changing metal album. It's unbelievable, but the guitar in it was like the biggest guitar tone I've ever heard. It was like so brutal and yeah. insane. And so I started reading about what he did to get that tone and like a big part of his sound has always been, he rolls his back even more to where he said his tone's almost closed all the way. Wow. Um, and I mean, you definitely can hear it with the right pair of headphones. So I just started doing it and it just made all my stuff sound thicker and meaner and, um, like low mids when you get them right can really be a game changer if you do like in dp i play more rhythm than lead mm -hmm. and so for me it's like trying to fill out some of the angrier low end stuff yeah. bringing in a little bit of those low mids to get a little nastier um with that like i just really like how those frequencies sound now so. how much of your choices that you're making for dp is based on the fact that you have three other guitar players that you're competing against like where you a need lot. to find your nook and cranny of the band so at dp it's really funny um it's actually it is very difficult to make four electric guitars work all together. Everything is like for guitars designed to be like upper mid range and uh -huh. everything. And so generally speaking in DP, I find we all have to roll off way more bass than we typically would in other bands, which is pretty normal for a live mix. But it's very much based on like Evan kind of fills out more of the low end. I kind of am trying to sit on top of that since we play a lot of rhythm. Okay. And then Emmett and uh, and Brent kind of sit a little uh, in, more in the upper mids that so we all have a ton of upper mids going. And so it's really just kind of a delicate balance of like when we're playing together in a room, you'll see everyone's kind of tweaking till you, you start noticing, okay, I cut now and that's my tone. Yeah. And so it changes a little bit, but that's kind of the scheme that we've started rocking a little bit is, is me and Evan holding down and making like a wall of sound with Mike to make the rhythm really big. And then Emmett and Evan are kind of like, you could think of like Starfighters or X-Wings <laughs> flying around the like space station shooting everybody else with their like higher end tone. So. Man, I love that uh, the, your guys' like alchemation of like influences, like you've already referenced Celtic Frost. Yeah. I know Hendrix is the big thing and you guys have yeah. like pop sensibilities of what you guys all wrap that in like a warm, blanket of melody every it's funny because it's hard to label what you would categorize your music but it's like everything <laughs> yeah. it's all it's, it's just it's all like a good catch-all i see all the time like garage punk and it's like yeah i guess that kind of works like, for some songs oh yeah it's kind of sloppy so yeah but it's also really tight so. <laughs> i don't know what should we know about uh strings uh dude man i i have for years used the exact same strings i use a the balanced tone set from Dodario, which it's like 11 through it's got a heavier low end i think it's closer to the low end of a, tw a set of 12s okay. like where it's like 50 or something like that or like 51 i can't remember but i do the balance set um of strings that they make just a little heavier than your normal 11s i want to say it's like a 50 on the, the low e, all right so. and then what about picks is there anything you use specifically or just anything you can grab yeah so in the past like i always used uh when we were touring all the time i really liked uh what were they Dodario. it begins with the letter c but it's like this hard plastic that they make that's really uh it's like an acrylic almost and i used like 1.25 to 2.0 back then damn I got to the place where I was tired of using picks that are so, like, you have to order them. And it's like, dude, I just need to be able to walk into a guitar center. Yeah. And I started playing a lot more metal, too. And so I found it it was a smart idea to, to go down to a more, like, lighter, a slightly lighter pick. So I've stuck with just the plain old Dunlop green, green okay. 
Tortex because you can just buy these at like any store yeah. anywhere. And I just got like before I was using like gravity picks and stuff where it's like 20 bucks for one. Damn. And it's like, you know, you're at a show playing and you drop it and you're like, dude, I literally just keep flushed. that back. Yeah, it's like I literally just dropped 20 bucks in the toilet. Or it's like, so yeah, somebody's like, hey, can I get someone picks up your pick and they're like, I got a pick. And you're like, no, give it back to me. Like, <laughs> like right now, like I've got these souvenir picks you can have, but you can't have my actual pick because that's a $20 pick. So. You know, I, I decided it was a smart idea to maybe stop using that stuff. Yeah, so, and yeah. then being in Nashville, you can probably run into one out of five people will have a green pick on them, the yes. green Tortax. So what's funny <laughs> is I actually never, I was at a Eastside Music Supply and you know, their whole thing love is- Blair. Yeah, Blair and Brandon love yeah. making everything green. And so their picks that they had out that they made with their like logo, I think were these. And I just like took one out of a bowl one day and I was like playing some like quick riff stuff. And I was like, man, what is this? Like, I love this pick. and. Blair was like, oh, they're our favorite. They're like this one. And so ever since Blair, I have like a lot of things actually Blair's shown me that uh, I end up going with because of him. So that's awesome. And yeah, stuck with him ever since. Anytime we can mention Blair or Brandon in a yeah. rerun, it's, it's all good. Well, let's yeah. move on to this shred stick sure, because yeah, we, man. you guys have a guitar cavalcade in your uh, yeah, arsenal when it comes to four guitar players. So we got to like, yeah. keep moving. But what's this about? So this is number two. Uh, this is a Dave Johnson, a Diary of Planet special. He's got the DP special over at Scale Model. So this is one of the brand new Kramer Strikers from China, I believe. Um, unbelievably underrated guitars, amazing neck. Uh, I just ripped out all the neck pickups, put a bare knuckle nail bomb in it. This is a Graftech Resomax bridge and tailpiece. It's a really cool metal alloy they make. It's a lot lighter weight than your typical bridge and stuff too. It just kind of changes the overall feel. And then same thing, we've got the Goto locking tuners mm -hmm. um, on this guitar. Dave barely had to do any work on the nut. It was like perfectly cut. Uh, I scotch brighted the neck, you know, just green scotch bright pad. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually, I went into the shop to buy a different one at Corner Music actually. And they, uh, I was gonna buy this Les Paul. And I, as soon as I picked this guitar up, like the neck reminded me so much of my scale model. Cause I like the unfinished tongue oil necks and stuff yeah. that I had to go with it. So it's a really cool sounding guitar. Uh, very uh, 90s uh, heavy metal, cargo short metal, you know. <laughs> cargo short bands, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, you know, get a little uh, Mall yeah. metal. Yeah, yeah we're all there, man. Uh, Sepultura going there. Yeah, uh, like na nail bomb or fudge tunnel. You know, yeah, kind dude. of in the realm of that uh, sounding guitar. So I really like it a lot. Now, is this a backup or does this get brought out for certain songs? So it's mainly a backup. I've always been kind of like I'll rock like one guitar till I break a string. I say backup, not that I love either one like more or less than the other. I, I do scale model will always be my number one because Dave's my guy. But I do really love this guitar and how it sounds. It might come out on some, but generally I'll probably stick with this guy just uh, for singing. The horns are better. I even did the uh, move the strap button to the back. I was going to bring that up because I, I wouldn't bring it up because <laughs> we talked about it earlier. But uh, yeah. you know, the solid guitar is known for its neck dive. Yeah. But you leaned into it with this one. Yeah. Explain why you love the neck dive. Uh, so, and I'll be real, I'm not the only guy who loves it. I've turned a couple other guys on, and now uh, they're hooked too. I know the guys in Soot really dig it. So. Uh, what what you do is yeah the neck dive is not a, a, a is not a problem with SG or with uh, Satan's guitars uh, it's a uh, <laughs> my bad uh, it, it's a feature it's not a bug and the reason that I prefer the neck dive I hate having a guitar purposefully like engineered so it stays in one place with Diarrhea Planet we move a lot and I need the ability to like get in a lot of different positions with the guitar and so when you're used to having the neck dive the neck dive allows you to determine where the headstock go. It's not the other way around where the strap button's pulling it somewhere. And so I can't play guitars without the neck dive because I got to be able to like make it go wherever I want I'm it to. I'm slowly seeing your point. I feel like I'm being, yeah. you're like a Jehovah Witness on me right yeah. now. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, man, you got to convert, man. You know, that's, uh, bonus points in heaven for that one, dude. The strap lock on the back, dude. And uh, we'll wrap up the guitars with why no neck pickup? That's clearly a thing that you are going to die on. Yeah, dude, uh, you know, uh, neck pickups are great for the guys that want to disappear in the mix. <laughs> um, no, I just, I, dude, I'm, I hate neck pickups. It's exactly what I said. You want to be out of the mix quick. It's like we're not playing old-timey grandpa, like, you know, vaudeville music, so, um, on an arch top. So, to me, it's like I've never enjoyed neck pickups. If you want that tone, man, just close your volume or your tone knob. Just start rolling it up till it gets, like, the wooly big sound that you want that will always cut more than the neck pickup sound that's similar in a live mix. And so that's just kind of where my head's always at. Um, 
I prefer to have less of everything because I only have so much time in my life to master all the things that I want to. And yeah. so if I have less options, I have more of a chance of actually getting to that mastering goal. <laughs> yeah, well, moving on to the amps, it yeah. has less going on, we'll say, you know, a, a fair number yeah. of knobs, but it has a mega amount of watts. Yeah. So tell me about the 6505. Man, the 6505, I wanted a 5150 for years and just got an insane deal on this head. And it immediately when I plugged into it, it was like, dude, this just sounds kind of like, I, I'd always said I wanted a bigger, more low mid focused version of an 800. And I did not expect that I would love this amp as much as I do, but it kind of was exactly what I was looking for. And dude, it, it surprisingly cleans up great for, I, I disagree with everyone who whines about the clean tone, like for a live clean tone, it's like, it just needs to be a little quieter and not distorted. That's fine. Like yeah. everybody can tell that means it's clean. Just throw a delay on it. No one will know that it's not a shimmering God sending the angels down from heaven sound. <laughs> like it's like, dude, the, I, I do that for five minutes. So the brutality of the distortion is just so great. And the 120 watts of high headroom kicks ass. You know, we're running 12L in this too, in this Tyrant Tone cab. So it, it screams, it's the Zach Wild 12L. Okay. It's a 300 watt speaker. Damn. So, um, same thing, like this one has vintage 30s in it too. Uh, so it's plenty of volume with so the we, speakers up here. We see Dale cabs littered across your stage and yeah. that obviously goes out to Elad, who's yes. you know seen everyone probably got Elad. introduced to him through uh, all them Man. witches. But uh, did he touch the PV at all, or is it just no, as you so, bought it? So the PV, so actually with the Amp Tech, um, Elad's an old uh, friend of mine that I met through when I worked at Eastside Music Supply, and he just makes the best cabs like in town. Like they're so cool. Like they're uh, kind of like an old sun cab and just love his stuff. But uh, John Capito actually works on my amps. Okay. Uh, he had a company, Magnetic Flux Music. And so John hit, I think pretty much every amp on this stage almost that needed it before the, the show tonight, but he's been our tech for years. Did he do so. any mods or just kind of give it some no, TLC? So on this one, so, and I just have to, I'm just telling this story because it's a great story, but to the testament of how tough these heads are, I bought this head, thought it sounded great. Turns out I had a blown screen resistor and it wasn't even using all four power tubes. Been playing it that way for months, had no idea. <laughs> And so John just fixed the screen resistor and uh, now it uses all the tubes and sounds great, but everything else was totally good in it. So interesting. So no mods at all, totally stock, loving it. We're, we're going to see where it goes. Cause I, like the I mod said, it's is that it's head. fully functional now. That's yes, what the mod is that, yeah, we made, he modded it to fully work properly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's move on to the pedal board. Absolutely, dude. Uh, Nothing too crazy here. Uh, I'm sure, you know, you see I've, I've got my tuner and then that feeds into, uh, I've got a super overdrive, or I've got my phaser first, the Spaceman Explorer. Um, that's replacing for years. I had a, a Mutron phase three clone that I bought on eBay that was a no-name thing that I yeah. loved. And it finally, you know, kicked the bucket. And when I tried out the Spaceman, it was like the exact pedal I wanted to design in my head, like right off the gate. So I couldn't believe it and I bought it. It's like so great. Um, and then next to it, I've got a, uh, a Electronic Audio Experiments, the OX EAE Boost. This is my personal favorite pedal on the planet. Yes. Yeah. It's, dude, it's, it, it does everything. It, the hardest thing about this pedal is if you want to use it as a booster and overdrive, but it, it can do the post-punk uh, tones like from bands like Shame and stuff that really like, Bring, 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 bring. Like these are the beow, beow, beow. Like they're weird. I don't know how to imitate it, but it's like the weird it. sound you think of with post-punk guitar tone that sounds like a, tel a really good Telecaster. You can do that with any guitar with it, but you can also get traditional uh, treble booster tones or you can just get like gnarly ass stuff out of it, so. And so how are you typically deciding to run it? So for DP, I'm using this as a boost for, for my solos. The reason being is that like, I just, you can make anything cut with it. I jokingly call this pedal the knife because it's easier than saying OXBAE because it's just like, yeah, it's a knife. Like I need to like cut through something and leave no prisoners behind. So it's like, that's what we're going to do, man. And so I use that one um, for lead boosts. And then the, the super overdrive is just up here for um, when I have to switch to my backup amp, if I blow this one up, it's an Ampeg B25 from the 70s. They right. don't, obviously it's not gonna drive as hard as the 05. Mm -hmm. So this is here to stack with my KTR and the KTR has been mine and everyone else's and DP's main overdrive since like 2000, like, I don't know, 14, 15, something like Explain that. Explain how you guys all landed on having a KTR. I know it's a popular <laughs> pedal, but there you yeah. literally, as we'll go through the rundown, you all have them. So yeah. what, what's up? So it's a really cool story. Uh, so we actually received these directly from Bill. Wow. And 
the best thing about it is we're the only band I know of that had to earn their KTRs. So and Bill's a planeteer. Yes. So what <laughs> happened was uh, we had a friend named Matt who worked for him and he brought Bill out to our show in Mass a show we did in like Boston a long time ago. And Bill brought Klons for all of us to try. Like it was just for us to try out, maybe use at the show if we wanted to, whatever, but mainly for sound check. So Bill, you know, hands them to us and is like, all right, we'll get them back from you after sound check, whatever. So we put all put them on our boards and like we start playing and it was like, dude, this is the sound that we've all been trying to find. We've gone through so many overdrives. So we finished sound checking and then Bill like walked out on stage and he's like, all right guys, I know I said that you could borrow them, but that sound check was so sick that I want you guys to keep them. Oh wow. And so we like, we like earned them uh, through the shred. <laughs> we impressed Bill, Bill F uh, with our shredding and he let us keep the KTRs. And ever since then, everyone's like, yeah, I'll never get rid of this. Cause it's like, like, it's just so cool that we impressed the guy who made like one of the most influential drives of all time enough yeah. that he let us keep them. Like that's that just rad. means so much to me. So I feel cooler standing next to you knowing <laughs> that that's a story of why these red boxes yeah. are on your boards. Yeah, it was cool. He's a sweet guy. And then- uh, What's the last one here? So this is another, uh, gotta shout out my boy Blair White at EMS. Uh, this is, so my delay that I use is the Mr. Black Tape X2. Um, I have owned a bunch of El Capistans. That was my favorite delay for forever. Um, I don't always love using them live because of how complicated they are, and that type of money on the board freaks me out usually. I know I sound ridiculous as there's a KTR there, but um, I just try to stay away from complicated pedals that could get stomped real easy and yeah. destroyed. And Blair, I went in to buy it. It was like my fourth one, and Blair was like, yo, dude, just letting you know, there's something here that's going to blow that out of the water for what you do that I think you need to try first. And I was like, all right, whatever. And so he put me on this thing and within five minutes it was like I had like three guys coming over like what delay are you using that sounds great and uh I've been with it ever since it knocked my Strymon out so wow um and I still love Strymon to be clear but the Tape X2 is just it's a much simpler version of a Tape Echo just three knobs so it's very familiar if you used to three knob delays you can save one setting to recall it so you can technically run two different delay settings so it's kind of like having a GED level pedal rather than like mm -hmm. a master's degree in pedals yeah yeah it's, it's like <laughs> well, and that's kind of for me that's just all I'm about is like simplicity it's like man I just need an amp that I can drive into a good distorted sound at most I might need a phaser and a delay and like a boost it's like I try to keep everything simple and think of things in terms of like I just need to amp that distorts really well and will give me a decent clean tone and never try to think about it too much of like, if I don't have this pedal, I'm gonna be the worst guitar player ever. Yeah. So, there's only two pieces of gear that are guaranteed to make every musician better, so. What are those? It's a metronome and a tuner. Oh, I will leave you on this, Jordan. <laughs> what, do we need to know anything about effects loop? Are any of these in the effects loop yeah. or are they coming all into the amp? Um, so obviously with the 6505 um, being a high gain amplifier, I do use with Diarrhea Planet the normal gain channel because I don't need the high gain for DP. And so I do run my delay through the effects loop, but then everything else I run in the front. front. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I just try to keep it and I, you know, I don't even change the channel. I uh, just keep it on the lead channel the whole time and roll my volume and turn my uh, overdrive off for a clean tone. So, and it works out really great. So you just play softer. <laughs> well, hell yeah, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. We got to cruise with the other guys. Yeah, sounds good. We have scooted over just slightly. We were with Brent. Brent, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Real good, man. I'm glad to be able to do this with you guys. You guys are, like I said to Jordan, a national institution of rock and roll. So yeah. let's get busy with it. You got one guitar, one pedal board, one amp. That's right. Let's start with this shred stick. All right. Um, so I actually like kind of built this with uh, Dave Johnson of Scale Model Guitars. Heard of that guy? Yeah. Um, we're a big fan of his. Um, but I sourced all the parts. I actually painted the body um, in my parents' garage. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. That was definitely a learning experience. And then. My goal was to kind of put it all together myself, but uh, as I went on, I was, you know, I was Loop like, I definitely need... is harder than it looks, huh? It's definitely harder than it looks. <laughs> so even if you already have all the parts and pieces made, it's it's definitely still a challenge. Now, so. what, is there anything to say about the body? Is it a Fender or a Squire or just some um, no-name? I think it's just some no-name. I found it for a good price and okay. it was light and I was like, it'll look great. And, this kind of off-color yellow. So. Yeah. And what should we know about the humbucker? Um, the humbucker is made by uh, Alex Avedizian. He's based out of Atlanta. He does a lot of stuff for, uh, for like metal bands. Yeah. I think he's put some pickups in like Matt Pike from High on Fire and Sleep. I want to say his uh, guitars. Uh, uh, I want to say Wino. the guy from uh, Royal Thunder. He, okay. Uh, he, that, Josh, I Josh Weaver, I think, I think has one of those. Yeah. But what do you dig about that? Um, it sounds really good. <clears throat> I don't remember 
to be honest, what like how he wired it. I think it's like slightly hot. Um, I was using like a Demarzio Superstortion before. Okay. Um, so I told him not to go quite that hot, but hot enough to uh, it's push pull. Oh, so you got that um, single coil action? Yeah, so it's got, you know, it's a little bit more versatile than it looks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not you, much, but. What do we know about the tailpiece of the tremolo? So the tailpiece is, I want to say, uh, it's a trim setter. Okay. Uh, that's the brand or hip shot. Um, you know, it's just kind of a blade style, uh, but it's super smooth. So you can actually, you know, dive bomb and, you know, do a lot of like heavy vibrato and it stays in tune pretty well. What should we know about the pick guard? Cause that's dazzling. <laughs> another, another thing I just found on eBay. Um, You're an eBay guy. I know <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, I found this, I had a, I think I just found like a blank sheet and had Dave Johnson cut out the shape. Um, so it worked out and then these were, uh, I think these were called like cupcake knobs. They're kind of based oh off like K or Harmony, like yeah. old vintage knobs. Um, but I just liked the way that looks on like a kind of a shredder strat. I call it like a Nashville style shredder strat. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get that vibe. Yeah. Uh, let me guess, neck, eBay? Neck was eBay, that's right. <laughs> um, this is actually the third neck that's been on this guitar. Um, it started out with a custom build from uh, Mario Guitars in Murfreesboro, yeah. Mario Martin, I think. Yeah. Um, and it was super nice, um, but there was just something I didn't quite like about it, just playing it live. And then I had a warmth on here, um, and then I tried out my buddy's Telecaster that just had a super thick boat neck, and I was like, "That's what I want." So I found one on eBay, and it, I've had it on there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we can attest we we all picked it up off camera, and it is a it's not a Phil Collin neck, but it is definitely a louisville slugger of a neck yeah it's it's kind of ridiculous yeah and i love the eight i don't know if you did that or the like the coloring of the it's neck just, that's it came that way so it looks like it kind of was almost near a fire right yeah <laughs> maybe that's why it was so cheap i don't know <laughs> well it's you know it's and it roasted necks are all the rage now so you're that's ahead true. of the curve yeah absolutely which we know about strings strings so uh usually i'd use diadario um i've actually got string joys on here now okay um i picked some up the last time i was in town uh for we played exit in back in november um so i went to corner music and i was like you know i want to give these a try local company yeah and i really liked them so picked some up again and yeah good 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 shout out to string joy yeah good another another yet another nashville brand that we're happy to uh, promote yeah, here absolutely which we know about the laney i'm sure <laughs> that you flew out of town so uh why the laney is your Ample so, choice. Um, you know, my plan was always kind of to borrow and amp for these shows because I was flying. I just didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so our bass player Mike picked this up for like 200 bucks or something like that, a, like a year ago. And I was just kind of practicing with it. And I was actually maybe going to play out of this, but I practiced. I was like, you know what? This sounds like pretty awesome. Like it's super clean. I can kind of get my tone just for my pedals and you know, blast it out of this thing. Um, it's 50 watt. I think it's EL 34, but don't quote me on that. Um, so it is a tube amp. <laughs> it is a tube amp. Yep. That's a hell of a deal for. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently these are, uh, you know, like still kind of a secret, secret grab. Um, not but, now. Yeah. Maybe not now. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a good amp. It's got two channels and some reverb. Um, I haven't really dug into that much, but so far, so good. Yeah, because you're just fresh off a plane, so it's yeah, like right. you're plug and play, man. <laughs> so uh, what should we know about your pedal board that juices this bad boy? Um, so I'm kind of running it all off of, uh, um, well, you can't see it, but it's a, uh, I don't know how you say their company, like Shonks or? Oh, yeah, Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Adam. It's like a very thin um, pedal board power supply that I don't actually think they make anymore. I think they have a similar model with a different name, but um, it works great and it fits under a little board like this. Um, it's got four power output slots, so I am daisy chaining a few things, but it works out. I haven't gotten any noise or interference so far. What's so. the board actually? Cause that looks, you know, obviously it's, uh, almost like a piece of furniture. Yeah, yeah, it's a guy out of Kentucky. I think it's like, Kentucky hot brown boards or something like <laughs> okay. that or Kentucky brown boards, something like that. Um, got it off reverb. Um, not eBay, not eBay this time. Come on. Yeah. You know, gotta, gotta keep Diversify you guessing. Your gotta dollars. keep you guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I'm running, you know, just a mini tuner, uh, with a board like this, I feel like the mini pedals are kind of, kind of clutch. Yeah, so it can dude. fit, fit more on a small space. Absolutely. Um, but you know, phase 95, it's a classic. You got, 
basically every MXR phase circuit in there in like a tiny package. So that works out. And then we all got the KTRs. I'm sure Jordan he gave, did. You, he gave you the rundown the about gift. that. So it was, it was really cool. You know, I'll probably always have that pedal just because it was, it was an experience. So yeah, after the Klon uh, KTR running that into the Bogner, the KTR is kind of just like my general clean tone on all the time. All right. Um, and the Bogner's kind of more recently what I've been uh, relying on for kind of my amp sound, just because, you know, if I'm getting off a plane, maybe not having my amp with me, I can kind of keep um, that will, you know, kind of shape whatever I'm playing out mm -hmm. of. Um, so that way I can kind of keep a consistent tone regardless of what I'm playing out of. Um, and that's also, it's kind of my amp in my, in my drive. Nice. And then I'm, you know, I don't love a lot of the cheap Moore stuff, but sometimes it, it does the trick. Yeah. And this is the yellow comp, so it's based off the, uh, the diamond, you know, yellow compressor. Um, and I'm kind of just using it more as like a clean boost than right. anything. It's got a ton of volume on, on tap, so it works super well from that for that. Um, and then last but not least, classic carbon copy. Um, I've been through a ton of delay pedals and at least for this application, you know, lousy rock band, or not lousy, loud. Can we edit that? Can we edit that? Yeah, just the lousy rock band. Um, but uh, but carbon copy for a, a loud rock band is like kind of perfect. You know, it's not. Take it again, because I. Go for it. You know, just the lousy pedal for a lousy band. Um, <laughs> okay, go for it. All right. I'm leaving that all in. Yeah, yeah. okay, I'm down. Um, but yeah, Carbon Copy, it's just a good kind of noisy guitar player, or guitar, man, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all kinds of discombobulated now. <laughs> um, okay, third time's a charm. Yep. Um, but you know, Carbon Copy, I'm not running into effects loop or anything, so all it's right. just a good noisy pedal for, you know, we're kind of a noisy band, so. Um, it works perfect for that. Yeah, it's funny, like, there's so many delays out in the market. DL4, DL4 Mark II, obviously oh, yeah. the, the Strymon stuff. Right. But uh, sometimes the carbon copy gets the job done. It does. I mean, I have a, I have a Source Audio Nemesis that I use a lot at home. Yeah, that thing's um, a whole computer yeah, in itself. right. It's awesome. But, I mean, for something like this, like, you can't beat the carbon copy or something similar to that Boss DM2. Um, so, yeah. Pretty simple, but it works. Hell yeah, Brent. Uh, appreciate <laughs> awesome. you. I got to talk to the rest of the uh, lousy guitar players. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we are with the third guitarist in the band, Emmett. Emmett, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Really well. I'm excited to talk to you because we already talked to Jordan and Brent, and they have cables, real amps, uh, non-scale fretboards. So you bring a whole different <laughs> flair to the, to the band. You got wireless unit. We'll get to the Kemper, yeah. scallop fretboard up and down that sucker. So, but let's start talking about the guitar and then we'll get to the fretboard. But okay. tell me about the instrument. Yeah, so this is my custom whip uh, built by <laughs> Dave Johnson of Scale Model Guitars. I'm sure we've mentioned Dave eight or nine times at this point. Do you point. guys get like credit per mention? Like a- Between you and me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I went to a National Guitar Workshop when I was a kid and my teacher there, uh, Shane Roberts, had a Fender Performer and it was the first time I'd ever seen one. I was just blown away. It was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I want to play one of those someday. And never thought I would actually get my hands on a real one. So um, I was talking to Dave after I had an old guitar fall out of the back of Ian's pickup truck. I thought it was lost Oof. forever. I thought, okay, we got to build a custom whip now, Dave. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's build a performer. Um, so Dave was like, all right, we got to do this thing. Let's see if we can find a real performer that we can sketch and make a model of mm -hmm. to build this thing. So I put out, um, an ad on Craigslist, I said, hey, if anybody's got a performer, I would love to get my hands on one. And almost immediately, I got an anonymous response, like, this may be of use to you. And it was one-to-one -one plans of the body, like the center line and everything. Wow. Somebody had like, drawn one up in CAD uh, and just sent it our way. So that was the basis um, for the thing. And from then, we just spec'd it out. Um, yeah, 24 scalp frets, uh, ebony fretboard. Maybe a little silly to use ebony if you're going to scallop them anyway, but... I, don't I mean, know. it's your guitar. It's your whip. Uh, yeah. You do what you want. Yeah. Um, what about pickups? Pickups. So we've got Seymour Duncan uh, in the neck and middle, hot stack 
for a strat plus it's a mouthful something one of, one of those yeah one of those you super know, strat those, super strat, screamer you, demon you know but, it you love it um, but uh, you used to rock ingve that's right referencing the the scallop the fretboard scallop, yeah i thought it was really cool how he could play very high gain with single coils and still get a very clear and articulate sound yeah um, so i had those on the old whip that fell out of ian's <laughs> Uh, truck. It's somewhere off 65 or yeah, 40. Seriously, if, I would love it if we could like put the word out there. It's like this guitar is out there in Nashville. Like I keep, I still check Craigslist in this day. Some days. No luck. But anyway, yeah. Um, What's in the bridge? The bridge was hand wound by our buddy Alex Avedisian. Oh, okay. Um, down in Atlanta, he makes incredible pickups, and uh, yeah, it's hot, uh, but it balances well with the the single coils. And I've got it wired up now so that position. I always get this confused. If this one is two or four. Whichever one is by the bridge, it goes into single coil mode. Okay. Um, and then we've got the add the neck pickup, so we can do bridge and neck, or uh, if you're feeling fancy, all three. Nice. Yeah. And what was the decision to go with uh, all scallop rather than like the Ingve style where it's yeah. like kind of partially up the neck? Yeah, my um, teacher growing up, Stan Laster here in Nashville, um, all his guitars were, had the full scallop and I always wanted to try it out. I was always curious what that was yeah. like. Yeah. So I got to give a shout out to uh, Stan the man. And so you fell in love with it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it took some getting used to. I think it's not inherently faster, but once you adjust your touch to it, then you can really rip. And what was the decision behind the, the Wilkinson here for the bridge? Um, I got on all parts and I found the most expensive one. I, I sorted <laughs> by like, you know, top down. And yeah. I was like, that one's gold. I like it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. What should we know about strings that you're using? Yeah, these are Diderio XL. Uh, I use the coated ones. These are 11 to 4. 48? Yeah, for, you 40, can like trail 50, off. 46? Uh, you know, the coated ones. Yeah. The 11s. I, I glossed over this. I should go back because I don't want any disrespect to your mother, but oh, tell yeah. me about the paint job. My mom painted this. That is um, so rad. Yeah. She, um, so we, it, Dave spray painted it like this navy blue color and then she went over it with a metallic uh, pen. It's like acrylic paint or something. Um, metallic. And uh, she signed it over here somewhere. You'd see mom. And this was um, my dog at the time, Scooby, little dachshund. Oh, RIP. Scoob. Yeah, we gotta get Scoob in there. And uh, what's on the neck plate here? Oh yeah, Tough Gus did this. He, uh, our drummer Tough Gus engraved this little wizard hat. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know that I alluded to it before, but you are a Kemper guy among yeah. the other two vamp guys here we already spoke with. Uh, yeah. Why Kemper? Um, so the first time the band uh, disbanded, as it were, back in 2018, yeah. uh, I went to engineering school to study EE and DSP, and I figured, you know what? I gotta start playing through a computer now. Yeah. I'm a computer guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, I was a little embarrassed at how good it sounded. I was kind of a skeptic really? for a long time and plugged it in, found whatever high watt-ish thing that it's similar to this one Okay. Uh, we got set up over here. And I, I was just for it. I was like, well, this is it. This is it. It's going to sound the same every night. You're living uh, in the future. Yeah. The way of the future. It's the way of the future. We did. You're there. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> we made it, folks. Well, what should we know about your pedal board, though? So you pedal got an board. analog. Well, you know, I see digital pedals, but you have a standard pedal board. Yeah. So tell me about how you're using those. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you're probably noticing a theme with some of the other pedal boards of like having a lot of gain stages. So yeah. the idea being like we can all kind of jump in and out and mix ourselves uh, with level because, you know, we're all soloing all over the place. So yeah. We make room for each other. We can, you know, turn boosts on or off. Um, so we have a few gain stages here. I've got this JHS Sweet Tea. I think this is the original. Ooh, we're buzzing. Yeah. This is the original one. Um, and I've got the green side on all the time. Okay. Um, so first my clean tone. On yeah, all the time. excites it. And then if we're really, really cooking, we step on the red one. Uh, I don't have that much. It's just like a minor volume boost. And then we've got the Klon, um, uh, just as like a clean boost. Um, so that to, one's not on all the time. Typically, we see with guitar players, they use the Klon as the yeah. always on pedal. So you'll go Sweet Tea yes. for that. Yeah. Okay, why um, is that? I just, I was fiddling around with it for a long time and uh, Honestly, I think it's ergonomics. I think just having the two in one yeah. is like, you know, I don't have to tap dance as much if this is, because I can get both of these at the same time with one step. Yeah. Um, and I just really like how this sounds as a clean boost. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what else we got in the top row? On the top row, we have this Strymon El Capistan V2. 
which was actually a graduation present from uh, Evan Bird. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's so awesome. He hooked me up last week. He was like, hey, congratulations. Have a V2. I um, kind of cooked my other one. I have no idea what happened to that thing. It probably got too much beer spilled on it the last show. Absolutely. I was like ripping my hair. I was like, what are we going to do for this rhyming show? I'm flying in. I, don't, I didn't even have my board with me a week ago. So I was like, oh, oh. wow. So Evan really hooked me up. Uh, yeah. I got a lot of questions about the boss pedal. We kind of peeked at all your gear before we started oh, yeah. filming earlier. Tell me what the hell's going on with that boss pedal. Okay, this is the uh, Evan Bird signature uh, <laughs> brass balls booster, courtesy of... <laughs> Jesse Does Boss know you have a signature pedal? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just between you and me. Um, so yeah, Evan, this was another gift, uh, a gag gift from Evan um, when I first moved out to Seattle uh, to go to UW to go okay. to engineering school. And he's like, "All right, we're doing this in UW purple," uh, and it has you can see his picture on here. He's yeah. holding like a can of Bud Light, just like cheesing, <laughs> and it lights up and everything. So we've got um, Evan lit up on my uh, my pedal board. So here. is it an actual boost pedal? Or what is actually the pedal? It, I think it just passes signal. So it's not even anything. It has anything. a buffer in there. Okay. So, but but it passes signal uh, through and it lights up and looks cool. So I'm not actually running my signal through. There's no it's, tone coloration happening. It's just a totem on the board. Got it. Right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And now I got the standard cry bob, cry baby wah. Yeah, that was my first guitar pedal. My dad gave me that in 2002, I think. And it's still uh, still rocking. Nice. Yeah. And what are you using the expression pedal for? With this little Moog expression pedal um, is controlling the mix on the El Cap stem. Ah. So the El Cap stays on all the time, and then we just blend it in with the the foot pedal. So I can That's get nice. you know a good mix of like dry all the way to wet. So if I'm doing like more textural stuff, kind of noodling. Yeah. Um, I'll have it open all the way, and then for leads, I back it off a little bit, and then just playing you know rhythm stuff do you guys have kind of like a roadmap in, term, in terms of where you live with on the freeway that is diarrhea and a planet guitar players or or is it kind of a just a free-for-all yeah you know it definitely started as a free-for-all but then we kind of figured out where we like to live okay in the mix so i think i do some of the like more textural stuff the sparkly stuff i wouldn't say leads per se but then evan and i will do like back-to-back like harmony lead stuff. Gotcha. Um, and then the yeah. Univibe you got there? Yeah, classic Univibe. I love the the Hendrix at Woodstock sound. That's one of my favorite tones of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just got a nice slow modulation on that. Just if I'm just like ringing out like that, I really enjoy that sound. Beautiful. Yeah. And I'm sure this is more of a utilitarian thing with the taping of the knobs. It's not trying. Yeah. To, you're not trying to hide your secrets. No, 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 no secrets here. Um, yeah, I just, I tend to, you know, I'm tap dancing a lot. I don't want to kick stuff. The less I can think about this stuff, the better, so we can really play. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see you guys soar, and so you will tonight at the Ryman. Uh, we got one more man to talk to, and uh, thank you so much for your time, Emmett. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Last but not least, we were with the fourth guitarist, the most amiable, funny, loving guy, Evan Bird. Evan, how you doing? It's a very generous way of putting high-functioning alcoholic, Chris, but... Uh... <laughs> It's good to be here. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Uh, I know we got to get going through this, but we did not want to miss your rig, so tell me about it. Classiest of the nastiest. Uh, <laughs> I think in my arms anymore, anything but a telly kind of feels weird. And uh, the older I get, I'm kind of veering into heavier, weirder shaped stuff. But these are the only guitars I could ever throw and then pick back up and still play. Yeah. Uh, I think that may be like a, the Who thing. You can smash it one night and glue it together the next and play it the third night. But uh, yeah. I, uh, in the early, early days, didn't want to spend money because I wanted to buy candy and stickers. And yeah. So I would go get a, <laughs> whatever the coolest looking Squire or Mexican Fender was, and then I would take it to our man Dave Johnson, Scale Model Guitars, and uh, have him hit the frets maybe, add some different hardware, and they kind of Frankenstein into what ends up sounding and feeling almost like a custom shop instrument. Yeah. But it looks like something that you would get at a Costco, so nobody's going to steal it. And if I smash it, I can... Lego it back together and go into any guitar store and pick it any other telly and kind of make it work. So yeah. uh, half out of pragmatism and half out of being. So th this is a, a Squire or is this actually This is a, a Mexican Fender. Yeah, okay. this is, uh, it's a, I think, the Telecaster Thinline Deluxe. And it started with the big reissue. reissue. I think it's like it probably 2009 or 2010 is when I got it. But mm -hmm. uh, these are Abadizian Night Prowler pickups. Our good buddy Alex Abadizian went to school with us. It lives in Atlanta now. But uh, he would just wine stuff for us and kind of wing it and see if we liked it and all of us loved it so for a long time all of us had it I, I've never gone back uh, Dave routed this out for SG switches I have the push pull just in case I need it but 
usually never need it. Okay. Uh, locking tuners, because I'm a rascal. Strap locks, because <laughs> I'm a rascal. Uh, it's I funny. think it's a Glendale bridge, Glendale ferrules, or whatever, it, uh, whatever these are. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because you guys make friendships, obviously, because you guys are lovable dudes, but, and then you cash in on them between Dave and Alex. I was going to say, yeah, they maybe got a little more than they bargained for when they shook our hand the first time, but uh, they're, they're both lovely. They've both been so patient, and uh, I've, I've never been able to stump either one of them yeah. yet. So, uh, what should we know about strings? Fun. 10 to 52. Okay. The Dario, whatever the uh, NYXL, XL, yeah. yeah, I think they're like the orange circle pack, you know. Uh, I don't know. I've got like kind of really sweaty acid fingers, so I'm constantly ripping through them, and those are the ones that lasted the longest. So, okay. uh, and they've been really good to us too over the years too. So I never asked three, three other guys, but what are you running for tunings throughout the night? Standard most of the time. Uh, e standard. There's a couple of drop D songs. Uh, I think yeah, probably 90% of it's just E standard, and then uh, the drop D ones are the obvious like you know metal band. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, oh, yeah. And then we all have to click the pedals on and scramble <laughs> to try to get it back, but. Uh, Mostly E-standard, yeah. Got it. I like the 10 to 52 because I've got kind of small hands, but I wanted to get the crazy bends, but also get like the really thick chug, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of split the difference and I'm Best of both worlds too lazy to go back now, yeah, so. No, what's the difference, why why you and Emmett on wireless where the other two guys are cables? Because they're smarter than us. Uh, they, <laughs> they, 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 it's the fastest, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. There's so much, thankfully nothing, you know, thankfully nothing's gone wrong uh, too catastrophically, but, uh, for me, I think, you know, I look at a guitar and you see a guitar, but I see the hammer from Donkey Kong. And yeah. So in my mind, I was like, how do I get, I want to get out and smash the barrels. So uh, <laughs> literally cutting the cable was the first step. And I just, you know, it's so much easier now. Uh, well, this one's weird. We'll get to it. But traditionally, we use the Line 6 and we had a, a friend, of, another friend of ours, Scott Marceau, uh, Yamaha and Line 6, and originally Seymour Duncan, who uh, kind of took pity on us and would occasionally send us body packs. We'd be on some long tour and I get a text from him. Like, Everything okay? And go, yeah, and you go, give me an address, you know. <laughs> a couple body packs would show up and Perfect. cables and yeah, shrink wrap everything for us. But uh, cashing but in yeah. on those friendships takes a village to keep these idiots uh, <laughs> rocking. Speaking of idiots, what's this beautiful uh, thing? Sa similar deal. Uh, this is a Squire. I think this was a John Five signature model. I don't make these anymore, but uh, it was originally a mirror pickguard, uh, black open coil humbuckers, and it's some weird. Wiring, but uh, the all gold, even even for me, was a, a little a little bit gauche. So yeah. I, uh, Dave cut me one of these. It's just master volume and tone now, Les Paul style. These are Seymour Duncan Holy Grail or what? The uh, Pearly Gates. Sorry. Pearly Gates, yeah, the Billy Gibbons. Pearly stuff. Gates, yeah. Which I kind of put these in there, kind of as a placeholder uh, until I could get more of these in gold. But I I kind of like having the different flavors, and they're close enough output where it's not too big a deal. Cool. Uh, and then same thing, yeah. Like, Logging tuners, strap locks, uh, I think everything else is stock, uh, except the pots are, I think, CTS now. But uh, It might be a little ostentatious for some players, but man, I feel like you can carry this thing and make it work. You'll spoil me. <laughs> uh, Got to shout out my little, uh, I don't know which camera. Uh, Tacoma. Go Hawks. Uh, but yeah, this was one, I, I got it, I thought it'd be funny to have a gold guitar. We had an album called Turn to Gold, and I had a lot of black Squire tellies. And I semi-jokingly emailed our Fender guy in town. He was like, oh, you guys good? And I'm like, yeah, we're good. And I was like, do you have any gold Telecasters? And he's like, dude, just Google it. And I was like, yeah, OK, I, I see what I did. And, uh, <laughs> Stepped in it. Immediately got my hands on one, and I, I, I love it. The neck is great. It's, uh, I can't remember. It's like modeled on some 50s or 60s. I don't know. Early classic sought after Fender neck shape. I don't know anything, but feels good to me. So good That's enough. That's all matters, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Emmett, you are a modeling man, so you have a Fender yeah, I had I played a, a tube twin for a really long time, and I kept blowing up the preamp section. And uh, our dear friend John Capito uh, here in town would always tell me like, "You got to change your pedals. You got to change something. Change your hair. Change your life. It's not working." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try." And uh, at least you got it. I hair. started loud, yeah, as well for now. Uh, that's why I'm wearing a hat. I've got this hair, but uh, I eventually said, "What? What do I do? I, I like the Fender, like this era of voicing, and uh, I like having kind of the high and the low, but I can kind of juice it with kind of mid EQ boosty overdrives. That's kind of the closest to where I'm going. It's like you really need a solid state, something you can maybe house in a Fender thing. And like minutes after I said that, they were started releasing these Tone Masters, and uh, it's been perfect. Yeah, haven't blown it up yet, so uh, we'll see. My biggest question I had all day, kind of getting ready for this rig rundown, and I know we're really quick going to go through the pedal board." 
What does the Yeti bring to the table tonally? Uh, it's uh, buffered. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I had all the yeah. I had all. I had all day to think. I should all these zingers. I had. I, oh, I was sitting on them. Uh, I brought it to our exit in. We exited in uh, November. Lured out of retirement, and I had it just to put my amp on because I didn't have a road case. For, I still don't have a road case, so yeah. I wanted it to be closer to ear level. And I was walking past that in my apartment and just started giggling. And I was like, "Well, let's let's try it." And end up kind of lining up just just close enough where it looks like it's on purpose. So I figured I'd double down oh, here. Tall hinge over here. Mother Church. I was gonna fill it with beer, and I figure that's there's too much wireless and cables and too much could go wrong. Too, yeah, there's already gonna be plenty. It's probably gonna go very wrong. So I just leave the leave it shut for this one. Speaking yeah. of more problems to solve, pedals, what's going on here? Well, uh, I, <laughs> once again, more friends. Uh, Barry over at XTS here in town uh, has been answering my emails very foolishly for several years. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I, he answered one and I was like, I'm in. Uh, but <laughs> I was laughing with him before the November shows whenever we were at Exit In, that was kind of our home court forever in town here. And at the end of the shows, everybody would get on the stage and there would be like more people on the stage and in the crowd. And it was always my favorite part of the set, but every single time my pedal board, I'd get back to it and it'd be covered in beer and the knobs would be broken off and there'd be like a pedal missing with like a ha 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 ha, like written on the, you know. <laughs> So I, I finally was like, enough's enough. I was like, I want to put a loom with the send and receive and uh, locking IEC in it. And they're like, yeah, that's easy enough. And I was like, I need it to be 50 feet. And he was like, you don't need that. And I was like, just trust me. And so I luckily could grab this now and I just frisbeed it to one of the security guys before we played it. And I was like, don't break the knobs. Don't steal my lawn. You know, like, uh, and it worked. So they gave me, yeah, I built this little buffer box for me uh, for the in and out. Locking IEC, Boss Tuner, classic, Klon uh, KTR that was given to us. I don't know, somebody might have mentioned it, but we were lucky enough to meet Bill yeah. Finnegan, and he was, uh, again, answered an email once, and then it was, uh, it was toast. But <laughs> I'm not going to answer that email from uh, you guys. Yeah, yeah, you're playing with fire. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, uh, it's, I put my Go Huskies, Go uh, University of Washington on there. It's a, it's a long story, but uh, this is a Greer Super Cobra, which I think is supposed to be kind of a Marshall-y in a box type of deal. And there's three clipping modes. I always have it in kind of the beefier mode to juice it up. Give me that, give me that beef. And yeah. then this is an XTS Winford, which I think is based on a big box rat, but has expanded parameters. Everything is just kind of you can get a little more high and low, and there's a bigger uh, gain range. And then this Dispatch Master, I think it's the version two. If that. Matters. Oh, matters. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, still have a Pink Panther JHS, which uh, might be my favorite with the actual like the pre-season desist one with yeah. the actual Panther. But uh, every time I try to turn it on, I'd hit both switches and it'd mess the tap tempo up, and I just I uh, get a little forgetful sometimes on stage. <laughs> so I figured just one switch would probably be fine. I don't. I use the delay for maybe two minutes out of the hour. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been sounding great. I like the reverb too, and then uh, back into the buffer and back to the stack, back to the Yeti. <laughs> yeah, Evan, I really appreciate you. I know we're up against it. I appreciate Thank all the you. guys that we talked to and the Ryman for letting us do these things. Love you guys. Keep hanging. Keep rocking.